Broadcasting from the Bet MGM studio, it's time for Inside the Jets. Presented by EY, building a better working world. Now, here's Bart Scott and Dan Grossa. And welcome into another edition of Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grossa alongside former Jet linebacker Bart Scott. Bart, how's things? I can't complain. Akuna Matata, happy Monday to you. Happy Monday to you as well. A little Hakuna Matata going back in your direction. Not as good of a Monday, of course, for the New York Jets, who once again fell short yesterday to the Buffalo Bills. They're now 0-7, but an 18-10 ball game, and in a game where you know, Jets put the first 10 points on the scoreboard, had a lead, had a halftime lead, yep. had a lead going into the fourth quarter, as a matter of fact, but you saw a difference, half number one versus half number two, in the performance of the offense as a whole, and those third and the fourth quarters, they just couldn't really get anything going on that side of the ball. Well, you know, they came out in, in Loggins, you know, being a different play caller, had a different rhythm, a different tempo, I think caught the Buffalo Bills off guard. You know, a lot of shifts and motions, and I know we're going to talk to Frank Gore a little later in the show, but, you know, when you talk about the shifts and motions, what was happening is that gives Sam Darnold a lot of the answers. We talk about how would Mims perform, you know, after being injured, not really having a lot of live reps. Well, I think the kid performed well. I think he showed why he's, very he's deserving of being, you know, the pick that he was but also his understanding of football because the shifts in motions really lets young receivers understand if it's man or zone. So it lets him know if he needs to run through a zone or if he needs to make himself available and sit down. And you saw a couple plays where Sam went to him. It looked like that pass all the way to the right hash took forever to get there. But, you know, he did something with it afterwards, not showing that he's just a vertical guy. He's a guy that can get a little yak after the catch. You know, but with that being said, I just think, you know, the Bills made the, the necessary adjustments and it was no more adjustments for the Jets to make, you know, because they were just uh, – they don't have the depth of talent that they need. They don't have the chemistry. Remember that this Buffalo Bills team is a team that has been a cohesive unit that has been together for a long time. So they've been through it. They're battle-tested, and they have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of injuries on their roster. Not a lot of guys opted out. You know, that's different for the Jets. So what happens is we see it every Saturday. I want to say Sunday. We see it every mm -hmm. Saturday when a team that may not have the talent of the team that they're playing – they, they can get out to a fast start and compete, but they can't sustain that effort. And the Jets couldn't sustain that effort. I think on defense, even though they played well, it's some plays they would want back because of some opportunities to, to get some turnovers and create short fields in which they dropped a couple of interceptions and decided and didn't put points on the board. Well, you know, you mentioned the defense, too. And, yeah, the defense, bend but don't break, right? They didn't let the Bills in the end zone all afternoon. It was six field goals by Tyler Bass, which got the job done. But – you know, you look at the second half there where, you know, the Bills kind of started to get a little bit of momentum there. And if you think about it, I mean, you being a defensive player, yeah. you would know this as well as anybody. The struggles by the offense that they couldn't sustain drives. The shoot, fatigue. They were only on the field, I think, for about six and a half minutes in that second half with the football. So that means the defense is on the field the rest of the time there. And eventually, that's going to catch up with you. Exactly. And that's what happens to fatigue. What happens is it becomes a battle of attrition. And those body blows where, you know, guys were making ta tackles and solid tackles early in the first half. You know, now, now, they're, now they're missing those tackles because the fatigue is setting in. And, um, you know, that's, that's just the nature of the beast. That's why we talk about playing complementary football. And you would like to see the Jets give P. Ryan and, and Frank Gore a couple of more bites at the apple. You know, they, you know, Frank Gore was averaging well over four yards of carry. And P. Ryan was right there at, at 3.5, which you think about it. You know, you get, you know, two carries and you're right there for third down where you can have options 
you know, I think sometimes it's hard to stay disciplined. But this wasn't a game that was far out of reach. They should have stayed to what got them there. But you talk, you know, credit to the Buffalo Bills. They start, you know, they stop presenting that light box with seven men in a box with two high safeties, afraid of the speed of Perryman and, and Mims. And they started to, to pressure Sam and speed his process up. And the offensive line just wasn't able to hold up from the in interior. You know, I think Becton came out and he had another solid game coming back from the injuries. You know, Fant was in and out with the injuries. It'll be interesting to see how they go forward because now we're at the point of the season where it's time to see what the young guys can do. Right. And it's time to see what's, you know, we, we're excited about maybe, I always say his name wrong, Zaguda coming back and, um, you know, maybe seeing a little bit more from some of, you know, Clark coming back. Maybe Cameron eventually. Clark, right. He was taken off of IR this week, too. That right. could be so, another so, guy who factors so this, in on the so, line. So, so to me, that's the silver lining, being able to see what some of these young guys can do and see what, you know, they can do going forward to know what we need to address in the offseason and free agency as well. But I thought all in all, the effort was there. And you can never say that, you know what I mean, that you can't take effort for granted. And I think the fact that, you know, the, the young team came out and they showed effort, they just don't know how to finish yet. And sometimes, you know, that's a part of the process. And I know that a lot of guys, we've all been there, been a young team that don't know how to win the tight games against a veteran team that understands situational football. Inside the Jets broadcast from the BetMGM studio. Place your football parlays, props, and futures bets at BetMGM Sports all season long. Let's talk about a couple of those young guys, though, right, that were featured pretty prominently on offense. And I think Jet fans were waiting to see them make their mark really all season long as a tandem. Yeah. Of course, P. Ryan, who's gotten some reps here, but yesterday found the end zone finally, had a couple of those explosive plays like we've come to know them as. And, you know, Denzel Mims, quiet in the second half, but in the first half, made some plays. And what I love the most, I'm sure you saw this too, on the touchdown where P. Ryan finds a way to get around the bend and yeah. then hits that pylon there and sneaks it into the end zone, you saw Mims in the end zone one-on-one -on -one blocking his man, almost clearing a space there yeah, for him. Absolutely. So doing the little things, you know, and that's important for a young player. It's not just about going out there and catching passes, scoring touchdowns. Complimentary football, doing other things to help your teammates be more successful. Absolutely. He's a big man, right? So you expect that out of him. I'll tell you what, when he was warming up, I was, I was sitting down in the studio and I was watching him run. I was like, yo, this dude runs just like Braylon Edwards. He has, It's like Braylon has like this little trot where like he's on his toes and it's like a trot. And I watched him run. I said, man, he runs just like Braylon. And, um, you know, on that touchdown run, he blocked just like Braylon. You know, you talk about bigger guys being able to use your advantage. It should be an advantage that the Jets have two guys over six feet that's over 200 pounds that can, you know, be able to to be effective in a running game. Guys that can come down and get their nose dirty, get in the box, crack block, forcing guys to replace and being able to get the big man out on the perimeters against smaller smaller guys. Now, I mean, we saw that when we saw Becton pull around and it looked like oh, uh, my White, goodness. he wanted no parts of that. He said, you know what? This one's on the other 10 because I'm checking this one out because there's Business no way decision. I'm about to try. You can't cut him because if you cut him, he may fall on you. And you can't stand <laughs> up because if that's the case, he might throw you in the Gatorade. So you, I know what I'm doing. If I see Becton coming at me, I'm hitting the showers or we, something. We, we call it Olay. You yeah. know what I mean? You, you move out the way and you say, you know what? You, if you wanted that bad, big fella, if you want this space that bad, you can have it. You ain't got to hit me for all that. No, definitely not. And, you know, on that touchdown drive, let me go back to that a second. You know, you saw kind of like the two main phases of the football team coming together because defensively they were kind of backed up in the red zone there. Basham gets a sack, his second in as many weeks. Then you have Franklin Myers recovering that fumble there. So the offense takes over their own 20-yard line. They march the ball, Bart, 80 yards down the field. It yeah. results in six or seven in this case. But 
you want to see more of that. You know, you, when you create turnovers, you want to see defense turning into offense. And, you know, the Jets had that going there yesterday. But, you know, Sam Darnold also came back after a two-game absence. First half did some good things. Yeah, he'd like that throwback, I'm sure, with the Dane Jackson interception. But and Understand, understand with that, that play in particular, right? That's yeah. going to the well because he hit Berrios on that same play. How but, about that throw? But that was a, that, I mean, that was only where he can catch it. That had to be the perfect throw, and the young man delivered. But then what happened is you saw in the second one he went to the well too, too often because they didn't have a receiver in front of the corner. The corner was ever able to slough off. We saw Desir almost have an interception on basically the same play by Allen, you know, sinking off and being a cover two corner you, and, and, and really not paying attention or, or disregarding the player in the flats playing high to low. And he just got caught with one. He has to see that player but you have to occupy that player with your play design as well. Um, and that's something that they'll learn from because he'll understand next time that that guy is baiting him. So either he can try and look him off and try and go to it later and hope that he can't get to it or look to the flash if he has the flash and then actually see in the peripheral. That's all about growing up. I would love to see Sam and his offense change the rhythm, speed it up. We saw yesterday. We saw yesterday, we saw Kyler Murray, you know, start to speed the process up. And you saw those proud uh, Seattle Seahawks with their hands on their hips, wagging their tongue out, looking for a way out. And so when Sam understands and learns how to change the pace and speed up the thing, it's kind of And he like, does well in up-tempo as well. You know, whenever they've done that stuff offensively, I right. seem to that brings out the best in him, I think. But the thing is, what happens is it locks him in. It, takes, it makes him not overthink. And it makes most uh, quarterbacks not overthink because they're just reacting. And when they're in their natural state, you know, they're always going to play and do what they, instinctively they do, and that's make plays. But sometimes when, you, when you're trying to draw it out, it's too much time to analyze, and you start seeing things that you don't really have to see. So I would like to see them, you know, hopefully Perryman can, can, can make it out of protocol and be okay after the hellacious hit he took from uh, Micah yeah. Hyde. But then we can maybe get a glimpse of what it looks like and what we thought it would look like with Perryman, Mims, two deep um, threats, fast speed, can run over routes, can run away from these cover ones by running uh, horizontally and not vertically. And, because, and then and, Crowder and, being able to work and beat the one-on-one -on -one coverage. And, you know, you tell the fans, too, because, you know, from an X's and O's standpoint, you look at what opposing defenses have done to the Jets so far this season. They've dared them to throw the ball deep. They play man. They want, they dare one of these guys on the outside to kind of beat that single coverage, yeah. make some vertical plays down the field. And unfortunately, the Jets have not been able to do so. Well, so the until problem is there's only been one. The problem is there's only been one. That's the problem. And the pro but I mean, and, and then usually that's their best player over there. So how about you go to the backside with the rookie, and that's not your best corner. In yesterday's instance, that's um, that's the backup, right, to Josh Norman, and you have some more opportunities. But to do that. To do that, you have to earn the right to say, you know what? Josh we can, Norman we was still protect. on the turf in Tennessee, by the way, from <laughs> right. the stiff arm from Derrick Henry. Exactly. He might have lost a dread. He <laughs> might have pushed a dread out of his head. You know, but that's what that's that's kind of like the the that's the exciting thing, but it's also the frustrating thing. The fact that they can't get healthy, so we can have a proper evaluation right. of where Sam is and have a proper evaluation of, of the draft that you know that Joe Douglas had in his first draft well, to still evaluate some of the people. I know seven games are already in the past. You can't do anything about that. But there's still nine games left. So technically, you know, more than half a season here. So no, if absolutely. these guys do get on the field, and maybe you get Herndon going a little bit too in the passing game. He had one, you know, a nice catch yesterday, which would have moved the chains, but was called back because of a penalty. So it was nullified. But the pieces are there. They just have to get healthy and stay on the field. Now, you brought up, or everybody, I'm sure, you know, talking about the play calling yesterday. And Dowell Loggins was the guy who was dialing up the plays. You being a defensive player, okay, yeah. you were a guy that took the signals in from the sidelines and had to bark it out to the rest of your guys. A little bit different, of course, offense, defense, but 
What type of rhythm does that disrupt, if any, when you're getting plays from somebody else on the sidelines as opposed to the guy that you're used to getting them from? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure they were getting it all week. Um, I'm sure you, what, you, what you get is you get a different rhythm. They're the same plays. You've practiced them all before. You know, like I tell people all the time, Rex called the plays differently from Patton, and Patton called them differently from Dennis Thurman. And it all depends because everybody has an interpretation of things that they like, and they have a way in which they like to attack the offense. They all have a sheet for third down, first and second down plays, but depending on what you like, it's like playing Madden, right? We can all play Madden. We can all pick the, the Kansas City playbook, but the thing is we're all going to pick different plays because some of us might like to pound the ball a little bit more and set up plays later. What I did like is they had some complementary plays based off run action and the play action. That's something that you have to build on. But that only comes with consistency mm -hmm. and continuity and being able to play with each other because not all things are going to be perfect. You always think that it's going to be a certain way, but then the defense surprised you and it's something that you've never seen before. And what you want to make sure you have is the tools to be able to think it out. And, you know, look, I mean, bottom line is this, too. I mean, now it, you hope that this changes when you get some of these pieces back and out onto the field. But, you know, defense gave up 18 points yesterday, didn't allow the Bills to get into the end zone. They didn't punt either, but still. But that's a goal, by the way, for people that know the defense is your goal as a defense. And I've been on some of the best and even the best. Our goal was to make sure that we don't surrender more than 17 points. And they gave up 18 points. You're within earshot. You can win a game, right? If you give up 17, 18 points a game, more often than not, you think you put yourself in position to win a football game. Listen. So. They did what they were supposed to do. They got off the field. No matter how bad they played, they got off the field to give the offense an opportunity to win the game. And they, were, they fell short. And, you know, you know, that's something that you have to look to grow off of. This is Inside the Jets, supported by Selective Insurance. Be uniquely insured. Now, still to come, we're going to catch up with veteran Jets running back Frank Gore on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasa, let's start it again. Welcome back to Inside the Jets, presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grasa with you here. And we're pleased now to be joined by a future Hall of Famer. You know him as number 21 in your programs. It is running back Frank Gore, who joins us as part of our player guest segment, presented by EY, building a better working world. Frank, thanks for joining me. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. You know, I'm you know, just getting getting done with me and, and you know, um, on to Kansas City right now. On to Kansas City, definitely. But let's rewind a little bit here, thinking about that Buffalo game yesterday, a game where, you know, you guys had some chances but ultimately fell short there 18-10. to 10. Offense was mm -hmm. doing some good things in the first half, but in the second half the production wasn't quite there. What do you think changed there at halftime? Uh, I just think, you know, um, just got to keep getting better. You know, it's an offense. We got to keep growing. We got a bunch of young guys. You know, um, one thing I can say that I'm happy about that our rookies, they, you know, they growing as players. You know, but um, as an offense, as a team, you know, I just think we got to just, you know, get better and just keep growing and, you know, and play all four quarters. You know, we started off fast and second half, we wish we could have did better, but we didn't. And now this week, you know, we just got to our goal. Um, you know, the playoff full quarters, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're a veteran on this team, certainly one of the most respected guys in that locker room. How much of your role each and every week, each and every day, even during the games on Sunday, is you continually drilling into these younger guys to keep playing, to always focus on that next play, never give up, keep the positive attitude here? How much is that part of your role with this football team? Um, it's a big role. It's a big part of a big, big role. You know, um, like I say, uh, I tell my guys, man, 
you know, each week you got to play for the name on your back, you know. I know that, you know, we're not happy that we're on seven, but, hey, we get the opportunity to come out, practice every day, and on Sunday get a chance to go compete, you know, um, and get better each week. So um, I just tell them they got to keep working and, and, and find a way, you know, just try to keep to, to, to keep getting better as, as a player, you know. Yesterday, you had 11 carries, 60 yards. I mean, five and a half yards a pop. That's not too shabby. You know, what did you feel was working for you specifically yesterday when your number was called? Uh, I think I think our, as a, our O-line did a great job. You know, um, um, our O.C. Dow, um, you know, did a great job by telling our linemen, you know, we just got to run off the ball and, you know, and tell us as a bats to um, just keep the run and press and, and make and, and make the decisive decisions. And that's what I did. You know, I'll say our line did a great job, and also the receivers did a great job in the, in the run game. And now as a as a group, we just got to keep growing and try to, you know, how we started off. And now we got to try to do four quarters like that. You mentioned Dow Loggins, and yesterday he was the one who was calling the plays as Adam Gase relinquished the play-calling duties to the offensive coordinator. I was wondering, you being a player, did that have any sort of an impact on your role on game day, you know, in the huddle? Did things change in any way with you, even in terms of a rhythm with Dowell now dialing up the plays? Um, not really. You know, um, I, I just like the way how he, you know, during the week, how he, you know, he, he – if we doing it right, he he let us know that we're doing it right. We're doing it wrong. We're not. He let us know. So, you know, um, every day after practice, I mean, the next day when we watch film of practice, you know, you know, you know, um, if you're not doing it right, he's going to show you. So um, in the game, you know, you can get it right. And I think, you know, as, as a team, you know, I, I thought we took a step by, you know, um, starting fast. Now, you know, our next step, we just got to, you know, finish, finish now and play all four quarters and we'll be fine. Talking with Frank Gore here on Inside the Jets, presented by EY, Building a Better Working World. One of the young guys who's come on of late here the last couple of weeks, guy who plays certainly your position there in the Michael P. Ryan, the rookie out of Florida. You probably mm -hmm. serving as a mentor to him. You play the same position. You're in those meeting rooms all the time. What have you seen from him in terms of growth from where he was way back in camp to where he is now midway through his first season? Um, I'm proud of him. You know, I'm happy that. He is taking steps in the right directions, you know, and I'm not surprised because the way, you know, the way he is as a, as a, as a, as a young kid, as a young man, um, he want to get better. You know, he listens to any, anything I tell him, he listens to our coach and you see that he growing as a player and I'm happy for all our young guys, man, even men's, you know, even going out there the first game, you know, making plays, you know, and, you know, going against the all pro corner, but you know, he didn't care, you know, he out there making plays and I, you know, now we just got our young guys got to keep coming. Like I told Piran after the game, you took a step, you took another step. So hey, next week we're gonna take another step. And the more you take steps, the better our team will be. You know, so as long as our young guys keep going in the right direction, that's good for this organization. You know, you mentioned Denzel Mims, too. Made his debut, had four catches yesterday, and really added a spark here to this offense. You know, what is it like knowing that, okay, eventually some of these guys who were injured, Mims, you know, Crowder will be back here soon. You know, mm -hmm. eventually once you guys get everybody back a full complement, what this offense is capable of actually doing? Uh, we can do some great things. You know, we all year we didn't, you know, we never had our full roster, you know, lineup you know, on Sundays and, you know, Crowder will come back next week. Mams keeps taking steps. Piron keeps taking steps. Um, you know, um, and as long as we just keep, them guys keep growing 
and the mentor for me and other other older guys and you know, at their position. Just you know, keep teaching them and keep working hard each week in practice, and you will see in the game that it, you know it can happen. You know, as a team, we just got to keep you got to keep taking taking steps at the right direction. You know, um, what I love about this team, I know I recognize showing it, but these the young guys come to work every day, come to work every day. They um, bust their behinds. And when you watch us practice, you can't tell that we're 0-17. And long, 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 we just keep taking stuff in the right directions, man. With these young kids, I'm not going to say young kids. These young men, you know, this organization um, being in good hands. So they got a bunch of young talent on this team. You know, Frank, it's funny because you say the young guys come in and they work hard every single day. You wouldn't know what the record is. And that's what you want to see. But you being a veteran, being a leader on this team, are you of the mindset that, hey, if I let up even just an ounce, other guys mm-hmm. are going to pick up on that and that would maybe set a bad example? Is that something you're always conscious of about how you have to go out there and lead by example? That's why I'm playing the game still. I know I can play the game, but my goal is to show these young guys, man, what it takes. If you want to be successful in the NFL, what it take every day, you know, and I know they're watching. If they could see me, 37 years old, going out there working hard every day, no matter what the record is, I'm going out there like it's game pace. You know, they ain't going to have no other choice but to follow. So um, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep working. And I'm going to keep fighting until we get us a win and keep going. 16th year in the league. What's your secret? I mean, what, what, how have you defied Father Time all this time in playing a very physical game, staying on top of your game, being able to take the ball and take the field each and every Sunday? I mean, how do you do it? I got to say it's the man up above. Then also the love of the game. You know, um, like I say first, the man up above, the, the, the bless me to continue to do it. You know, without him, there's no me. I always said, And the way I, you know, I respect the game and the way I prepare – you know, every day I'm on, on my when I'm on between the lines. You know, practice or you know on Sundays, I'm giving my team 110 percent, and that's all I know. You know, you were a third round pick back in the 2005 NFL draft, and I remember you know you saying on occasion that you know you still know all those running backs that were taken ahead of you in that draft. Do you still carry that chip on your shoulder all these years later? That's why I'm still playing. If I didn't, I won't play. I won't be playing right now. You know, I'm, you know, I still hear that, you know, at a certain age, you can't do this, you can't do that. But I don't listen to it. You know, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm healthy. I still love the game, and I'm still having fun. And that's why on Wednesdays when we take the field, I show my teammates what it takes, you know, to, to keep it going. You know, I'm, I can't go out there and give my teammates a half ass. So I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going 110. Every day I'm on the, in between the lines, and we see where we go. And I don't know how many fans know, but your son, Frank Jr., is playing college football this year down at Southern Miss. How is he taking to it, number one? And, you know, you being the dad and you setting an example as a player, I mean, what's the, type of the, what's the best advice you're giving him based on the experience you had when you were in your college days as a football player? I told him you got to work. Can't get comfortable. You can't get comfortable. Each and every day, work, work, work. I ask him, I call him every day. How you practice? How school? How you practice today? Do you have a good practice? You got to have a good practice. You got to finish every run. You know, and and then I tell him to enjoy it. After you have a good game, okay, after the game, you got, I'm happy for you. But once you start practice, that's over with. Now you move on to the next week. You know, you can't get, 
Because what you did, you can't get complacent. You can't get happy. You can't, you know, got to keep it going. Each week, another week. Got to keep grinding. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, this generation totally different. You see them at the games. They keep posting, posting, posting about last week. After I told them, once you touch that practice field, that's over with. And we're going to keep getting better each week. And I'm proud of him that he listened. And, you know, um, he growing as a player. He's a true freshman. He getting an opportunity to play a lot. And I just want to tell, you know, keep going and having fun and keep taking steps in the right direction. And, you know, we're already talking about, you know, what we're going to do this offseason for him to get better next year. Um, but I'm, I'm proud of my son. No doubt, I'm sure, and I'm sure he's proud of you as well here. I mean, but, but you know, football's your life. You know, you put so much hard work, so much dedication into the game, though. But when you try to refresh the batteries a little bit, what are some of the activities that you like to do away from the football field on your off day or whatnot? I just relax. I just relax. Um, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I, I look up the defense, you know, for my, my son, see it, let them know if they're tough or, you know, what he got to do. Um, but I really don't do much. I just relax and, you know, watch TV and chill. Coaching in your future, you think? I mean, like you said, you're doing some scouting there for your boy, but do you, know, do you think that you want to stay around the game and maybe give coaching a try when it's all said and done? Um, yeah, I do want to stay around the game, but I don't know if it's coaching, you know, because I like watching talent. I like to see, you know, what running backs, you know, who good running backs, who good receivers, who, you know, I like I like I like I like you know watching personnel and stuff like watching talent to, to see what guys can do. So yeah, I, I do want to stay around ball and done, um, but I think I want to you know probably scout or um, be in the front office or something like that. Well, certainly you got the credentials and you got the qualifications, that's for sure. Frank, hang tight. Want to get to a few more questions here with you. And we'll return on Inside the Jets with more with running back Frank Gore, presented by EY, building a better working world. All right, Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. Frank Gore, it's good to see you looking good, my friend. Uh, wish it was under better circumstances. But um, I tell you what, man, you guys got out to a pretty good start. Looked like you guys established a rhythm. I saw something yesterday that I had to saw all season. I saw a lot of shifts and motions. And listen, I know we speak, you know, next level Jedi mind tricks, but explain to our listening audience, what's the purpose of the shifts and motions? Just to, just to keep the defense, you know, um, the seeing something moving, you know, on the, the play with the linebackers' eyes, the, you know, to get them off just, you know, standing still targets, you know, um, make them, you know, look at different stuff, you know, um, before we get, you know, some some angles in the run game or, you know, um, in the pass game also. It, um, so I think I think Coach Dow did a great job, you know, um, you know, um, with the shift in motions. You know, I just think, you know, us as players, as a team that, you know, we started off fast, you know, um, and that's been a hard thing for us this year to, to start off fast. Um, now, you know, as a team, I think we just got to, you know, start fast and also finish. You know, um, I, I thought we took a step, you know, in the offense by starting fast. Now, just got to play all four quarters now, you know. Yeah, no, and how frustrating is that, the fact that you've had so many different combinations of offensive linemen, you know, you finally get the young rookie back and you can't put too much on his plate, but I think he gave us a glimpse of what he can be. That's a big target. He made himself available. He made the mm -hmm. catches when they came to him. But how frustrating has it been, the fact that you guys just aren't, haven't been able to get hold? 
Um, it's tough, you know, especially in the, in, the, in this league, man. You know, um, it, you know, you say you want the next man to be up, and you'd be happy the guys who, you know, step up and try to, you know, do the right things. But you know, you want your guys out there, you know, who 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 supposed to be out there, you know, just make everything better. Um, but you know, it's been you know been a frustrating year, you know. But what I do love about these young guys, man, you know, me being the lead so long, and I don't saw everything. One thing I can say about these young man, they come to work every day. If you come see us practice, you know, you won't tell, you know, um, it's an 0-17. You know, um, practice energized. Um, we just, you know, we're just very young. And like you said, we've been, you know, injured. You know, we never had a full roster out there. Even yesterday, you know, we missing Crowder. You know, um, but you can see that the young guys growing as players and you know, uh, the main thing that what you want to see at at the team in this situation. You know, you want to see them guys grow, and uh, and they taking steps in the right direction. Now, like I'm gonna tell them, like I told them already, we took a step. Y'all young guys took a step this week. Now, but next week we gotta take a better step, and that's playing all four quarters. You know, and you know we do that. You know, we'll see where we go. Well, it looked like you guys raised the floor, so to speak, right? Because now it's on film. You know, guys can do it. Now you just got to make sure that they can sustain it. You know, you know mm-hmm. I, th- I was really impressed with P. Ryan, his ability, his burst, his ability to, to have the football acumen to understand that there's no way that he can keep the ball in his right hand and be able to get to that pylon, to be able to switch it and do that. That was some OG stuff right there, man. Are, are you whispering this young man ears and teaching him all the tricks of the trade? Yeah, I got to. You know, like, bro, like, you know, we can't play this game forever. And when I'm done, like all the young guys who I play with, you know, when I'm home sitting in my, you know, at my crib and watching TV and watching games, you know, I'm a little ball through my son and also these guys, these young guys who I play with, man. And me seeing them have success, you know, I would be happy about that. So, um, you know, I'm happy that Piran taking uh, um, step in the right direction. And now he just got to keep growing, keep growing, keep going. And that's my job, you know, before this year over, you know, um, to see him keep growing as a player, and like I told him, once you get dropped, it you know, once you get dropped, now you got to compete with all the guys who went in front of you yeah. at your at your position. So, and that's why that's how I went by my 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 way, you know, by competing with all the guys, all the running backs in my class. You know, um, I, my 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 goal was to last, be the last man standing. <laughs> I was blessed, you know, and that's what I'm telling Prima. I'm trying to teach him the same. Yeah, I know. I know you take that take that personal, man. That's been a, a huge chip on your shoulder. All the guys that went before you in that draft, but um, you know, with that being said, I think your legacy is going to be all the people in which you impacted. Like I tell people all the time, you know, life isn't about how much you you you, you get material wise. It's about impact. I mean, it's a mm-hmm. list of, of guys that can say that they're a better person, that they're a better football player because they've had experience with you in their locker in their running back room and in their locker room. You know what I mean? So that's something that you should always be able to tip your, your hat to. You know what I mean? But with that, being, with that being said, you know, this week you got a tough opponent coming up. You know, we all understand. We don't have to talk about it. You know, what's the focus? You know, Sam said something in the press conference that we got to adjust when they make the adjustment. I thought mm-hmm. early on Buffalo was playing a lot of zone and giving you guys light boxes, two high safeties, and, you know, because I think maybe they didn't know about Mims and Perryman being able to take the top of the defense off. You guys ate. But it seems like their adjustment was to blitz you guys in the middle and try to keep Sam in the box and play a lot of man to man in the second half. And it seemed like you guys couldn't find your rhythm when that happened. Well, only thing we got to do, find a way to beat man. Yeah. The only way we, 
find a way to beat man by doing like what we started last week, doing one um doing one on ones and get better as our, our technique. You know, um that's all you can do. Cause a lot of guys they gonna follow the same thing. You know how the NFL is. Yeah. The next team look at the tape and do the same thing. What what help gonna help them? So this week, our receivers, bats, tight ends. You know, we do one on one. We gotta get do the right technique. You know, to beat it and go from there. Now, how, how impressed were you the fact that you know not talking about what they did and how they executed on the field, but just the fact that we know that Sam's not 100% right but he felt the obligation to be out there with his teammates and his guys. And to me, that's how, how quarterbacks be able to get a place at the table because we know that sometimes they're protected. You know, I think guys mm-hmm. like Ben Roethlisberger, I remember guys like Steve McNair, how players and, and quarterbacks can get a seat at the defensive uh, table, then get a seat with the running backs and the tough guys because he showed a little toughness. But also yeah. Makai Becton showing a little toughness too, the fact that he's not 100%, but he's playing dominant. He's dominating the league. I, don't, I can't remember – the last time I think you what you played with Staley, right? I can't remember the yep. last time that a that a guy came in at left tackle as a rookie and was able to play it's at such like a high that, level. Like, like, yeah, like play at a high level. Right? Yeah, it's like he's like, not even working out there. Like it's nothing, man. Uh, I, I kind of saw it in training camp, but you know, in, in camp you don't want to be you don't want to speak it too fast because you're going to get your same guys. Yeah. Um, but man, this kid different, man. This kid, man, he gonna hey, the biggest thing, he just got he he gotta keep going. This offseason gonna be real big for him. Yeah. You know, getting his body in better better shape. But, you know what I'm saying? You know how, you know, you're one, you dominate, and the next year, you know, you wanna take that next step. You know, you can't get comfortable. And before I'm not I'm 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 gonna tell him that before, you know, whenever this year over, let him know, listen, you got a chance to be special. You know, as long as you just go by it the right way, man. And that's 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 the off season. Yeah, but you're behind the weight room, getting a great condition. Kadal, I never man to be a rookie. You know it's hard in the trenches, man. <laughs> he going to get the best athletes on the on the team. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, man. The trenches going to get. You know that's a kid, young young kid, man. You know, I think he came out early, right? Yeah, man, he, he reminds me of, like, the throwback tackles. He reminds me of the Orlando Pace. He reminds me of the Jonathan Ogdens, the Willie Rose. They don't, even make, they don't even make people that big anymore. I think the only person that can maybe look at him eye to eye is maybe Troy Brown, a.k.a. Baby Huey out there with the Raiders. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, now these new, these new tackles are, like, they're like basketball power forwards, mm-hmm. like Fant, right? It's, it's amazing to see Fant talk to, to, to Beckton, and he makes Fant look like a little kid. Yeah, make him look like a little kid. Yeah. It's amazing. Nah, kid, this kid could be special, though, man. Yeah. You know, the biggest thing in this after this year, man, gonna be his off season. You know, uh, you know, each year you gotta find a way to get better. You know, once you get on tape, they gonna, you know, they gonna look for the weakness. Yeah. You know, you gotta be real with yourself. Right. You know what I'm saying? And you know, as long as you go out there and off season and you know get in great shape and and grind, it, man, he, this kid could be real special. Now, like now, looking at this, you know, because you're in it, so you you're close to it, so you can't see it for what I can see it as. But from a, a, a mountain's eye view, this reminds me a lot of when um, Charles Woodson went back to to the Raiders, and mm-hmm. he 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 taught the the whole team how to be professionals. And when he left, I remember him saying, "Listen, you guys are on the right start. You got a group that you can be proud of, and this is a group that's going to be champions. And you may not." Be here to, for when they become champions, 
but your influence and your presence will always be felt. Do you feel yep. that way? Like, hey, these guys going to figure it out, and this is the beginning of something, and I'm happy that I can be a part of getting it on to the right to the right direction? Yeah, I, I do feel that way. You know, um, like, to see these young kids taking steps in the right direction, and like I say, we on seven, man, and you can't tell. These young kids come to work every day, man. Come every, every day and bust their behind and try to do the right thing. And you know, man, it take when you got a young team, it take at least – two or three years, you know, to get the mindset, oh, we got this. We can do this. You know what I'm saying? Right, the belief. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, man, like this drive class, you know, this this drive class who, you know, the GM brought in, I, I could see it. You know, he he, he he going in the right direction with the guys he bringing in here, man. But tough guys. If you watch the film, man, you watch the receivers. Come on. You watch 11, first game. You should have seen him out there blocking. Yeah. And, you know, receivers don't like that. He don't care. And, man, you know, you see as a running back, you see that, man. And especially as a young kid, man, you love it. Yeah. You know, we just got to keep grinding, man. Keep grinding and keep getting better every day. And and and, and keep, you know, on Sundays, you know, try to finish. Start fast and finish yeah. and see where we go. But, man, I'm, you know, I'm not happy with the record. But me being in here and, and getting the opportunity to see these young guys growing as players, you know, um, it's cool, man. Well, no problem, man. I tell you what, I'm not gonna take no more of your time. You already had to wait for me. I had the, the juice and berries all lopsided, but it's all right, man. It's okay. We football players. It's never perfect, man. I'm gonna go ahead in this next segment. When you watch this show, you are gonna see me and you going. Then, man, I'm gonna beat my own face up with the makeup. I'm gonna be looking flawless. Help MetLife celebrate the incredible workforce of the tri-state area. Submit your idea for the two-story high murals being installed at MetLife Stadium. Go to nyjets.com slash MetLife to submit your designs today. When we return, we'll go around the NFL inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. And welcome back to Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. Dan Grassa and Bart Scott. And remember, Jets fans, you can watch Inside the Jets through the Jets app presented by BetMGM. Go to the App Store or Google Play right now and search official New York Jets. Week seven had some interesting games in and around the National Football League. Let's let's real quickly get to the game that was billed as the main event. A couple of 5-0 and teams, Steelers and Titans. Steelers got out to a nice big lead. Looked like they had the game in hand. Then all of a sudden, Ben throws a few up for grabs. Titans are in position with Goskowski at the very end to at least tie the game, <laughs> send it to OT. Not to be. And here we are, Bart. Seven weeks in. The Steelers, all alone, is the only team unblemished in the NFL. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. But I tell you what, the Pittsburgh Steelers have looked like the um, the cream of the division. You look talk about the AFC North. They, they, they look like they're the more complete team. Uh, a little concerned with what's going on with the uh, Ravens and their lack of ability for Lamar Jackson to throw touchdowns to anybody outside of the tight ends. Um, only two touchdowns by the receivers this season. Uh, that's going to be a division that's going to be interesting because you. I don't know if I can believe in the Cleveland Browns and what they are. I mean, in a tough battle with. They just got uh, destroyed by Pittsburgh last week. Yeah, you but they're but they're in a tough battle with the with the uh, Seattle, uh, with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Right. And listen, sometimes you can surprise them. I feel like uh, maybe Baker Mayfield played a lot better once Beckham left the game. You know, because I felt like he didn't have that pressure. And now to have done for the season, right? So, but 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 you saw like sometimes when you have a great player, and I, I talked about this earlier. Like uh, Matthew Stafford had 
Megatron, Calvin Johnson, he kept going to him and forcing things to him that it didn't allow the other receivers to utilize their talents. When he retired, he had Marvin Jones, Golden Tate. The ball went where the defense said it should go. You didn't force anything. And I thought Matthew Stafford became a much better quarterback when he lost Calvin Johnson. That's why we say sometimes addition by subtraction. Sometimes having one great player sacrifice having is not as good as having three good players. Right. Because now three good players can be in three different places at one time. One great player can only be in one place at one time. You know, so that's an interesting division. And, and you know, Tennessee is going to be right there in, in, at, the, at the end. You know, you saw Tennessee last year destroy the Ravens, you know, because they play that physical brand of football. That travels. And, right. And, and, and that travels. And you, we always say that during the playoffs, you have to, you have to pack your – Running game and your defense. And all those teams I just mentioned have, have that. You know what I mean? And so it's going to be interesting because we all know that they're looking up to the champions, the defending champions, who I think have – it has become a book about how to beat them. That's why they made the trade for Le'Veon Bell or, or they picked up Le'Veon Bell because they need a closer. They need a big back that can go through the four-minute offense because what happens is if you have to throw your way to eat up the clock and have completions, anything can happen when you release that ball. The easiest thing to do is turn around and hand it to somebody that can ground you out three to four yards, eat up the clock, opposed to throwing it, the ball get tipped, fumbles, dropbacks, uh, bad snaps, things of that sort. So they have their closers. You know, so I think that, listen, the good thing about the NFL and what I love about the NFL is you can never predict who can win mm -hmm. on any given Sunday, just like Cleveland. They got destroyed by Pittsburgh. Well, I remember getting destroyed by the Patriots 45-3 to and coming back and playing, and they maybe had a false sense of confidence in thinking that every game is the same. Every game has its own unique identity, and on any week, if somebody dares to be great and somebody's got their stuff together and they make plays when they present themselves, you can beat them. So uh, Cleveland will be there. I think they're a wild-card team. Um, you think about, you know, the fight in the extra playoff position, the extra playoff spot that's up for grabs. I think it's going to be interesting because any one of those teams at the back, hell, I don't care if it's uh, Seattle. I don't care if it's um, San, San Diego. I don't care if it's the Chargers. I don't care if it's the Oakland Raiders. I don't think anybody wants to play the Oakland Raiders, you know, because that's a tough, physical, nasty team who was without their best lineman yesterday because of the COVID protocol. And think about how the game started, though, for Cleveland. One last thing on them, though. Baker Mayfield, he was 0 for 5. He threw an INT right out of the gate. And you're thinking, oh, he, I'm seeing people on Twitter, oh, he's going to be get benched. Yeah. Send him to the bench. And then what happens? Walks out of there a winner. And by the way, because they played Cincinnati. You mentioned the Chargers. Might be an unpopular opinion. I know Burrow's been very good, and he was the number one pick. I think Justin Herbert's been the best rookie quarterback in the NFL this year. I mean, he has, but I mean, I think also when you talk about it, he may have the most, the better weapons. Oh, he definitely so, does. So, so he has the but, better weapons. A.J. Green isn't who he is. Kenny Allen, I think, is a top five receiver in his league. Mike Williams, and then they got Hunter Henry. So I think they have. But he's impressive, man. I, yeah, he, he's, he's really impressive. The fact that him, I believe, Tom Brady or him and Drew Brees are the only two um, quarterbacks this year to throw for over – 265 yards in every game that they've been a part of. So, I mean, I think, you know, it was a lot of questions about him in Oregon, and we didn't expect this. It kind of reminds me of basketball, right? When a and he's guard, not as big a guy either. He's not one of these, like, 6'5 guys in the pocket either, Justin Herbert. He's But he's got a good he's arm. He's not? I thought Justin, Justin Herbert looks like he's about 6'5", man. Is he that With big? With a cannon. Justin Herbert's huge. That dude I has, know he's got a cannon, but he's not like – cannon. No, he's a, bigger, he's a bigger, bigger quarterback, man. I remember looking at this guy. This guy looks good in uniform. He looks like – uh, Trevor Lawrence as far as his height. So I would say at minimum, I would say he's at least 6'4". 
because he's you know, Tyrod Taylor is six two. He's definitely taller than Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, he's six six. Why did I think he wasn't <laughs> yeah. that big? Yeah, yeah, he's a big. Is two. that? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> is that big for a quarterback? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, he has wheels. What he's what he what he's impressed me with is his mobility and his ability to run. You know, with the football, much like Daniel Jones, who clocks. Uh, what 21 miles an hour, just slightly underneath. He's uh, real fast between the 20s, yeah, and then yeah. when he gets to the 20, he has a problem staying well, well, on his well, feet. Well, he's good for 50 yards <laughs> before the RPMs get too high and the engine bur- <laughs> blows a gasket. But it's, it's amazing to, just to see like where the league is and so many young quarterbacks. Then you know the league is in a good place. You know what I mean? That's what I think I take from it. As you think that Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. You know, you know, Tom Brady, these guys are going to be leaving the league in the next couple of years. I think that the league is in good, in good shape. The fact that it has some young, talented guys who I think has a flair for the dramatic. You know, you think about Burrow, you think about Herbert, you think about Sam, you think about Watson, you think about, you know, the old man of the group now is going to be Russell Wilson. You know think I mean? about that. Outdueled by Kyler Murray in a, in a nail-biter, right, in overtime. And you look about what that means to representing for you talk about the six six quarterbacks. Let's talk about the below six feet quarterbacks. It's space for everybody. The mighty mites. And, and, and what it is is greatness has every shape has different shapes and sizes. And I think we're seeing that represented throughout the NFL. That NFC West division is so good. I mean, it's clearly the best division in the entire sport. But when you think about San Francisco, who's banged up, but yet they're still finding ways to win games. They beat up on the Patriots yesterday in Foxborough. You know, Seattle, Arizona, Rams are well, going to be playing that tra- tonight. I love that transition. You Let's like talk that? about those Patriots. Yeah, they're struggling a little bit, aren't they? Uh, First time they've lost back-to-back home games since 2008. That was mm. when Brady was hurt that season. Uh, two and four through six games. That's not Patriot-esque. And I'll ask you this question. What have you seen that's going to convince you that you think, okay, they could turn this around? It doesn't because I don't think anybody's afraid of them. It's like they lost their their big brother, you know, left high school and went to college. You got no fans I, in the I, stadium I, either, so there's no real, like, advantage going there anymore. And the fact that, you know, I think for the first time, some of the bad decisions that Bill Belichick has made as far as not really being able to capitalize on the draft. Like, we don't even know the players that he drafted. I forgot the, the guy he drafted from, I think, Houston. He was a corner. He was a, he was a late receiver. Like, some of the play, some of the, the, the draft picks, some of the draft picks that they picked this year, you know, you think about Nikhil Harry. Yeah. Hasn't really panned out. But they've been able to get away with that for years because Tom Brady erases all mistakes. That's what the good ones do. You the ultimate Jets fan? Tell us why you or someone you know deserves to be inducted into the Fan Hall of Fame class of 2020. Submit your nomination by November 7th at nyjets.com slash fan hall of fame. Bart, we'll do it again next week. I look forward to it. Jets take it on the Chiefs on Sunday. For Bart Scott, I'm Dan Grasso. This has been Inside the Jets presented by EY, building a better working world. So long, everybody.